I don't know if this is um, true for you, but it's weird to think that it's Thanksgiving already. It's just like, where did 2018, you know, go? And and so I was kind of hoping this Thanksgiving we could have some snow, but I don't think that'll take place. Um, but it's it's that time of the year um, where we start talking about um, Thanksgiving, and it's that time of the year where you're going to come face to face with, you know, will you fake it and act like you're thankful? Because a lot of the time it's pretty easy to fake being thankful one day out of the year. And so as you enter into this, you know, kind of time of the year, it's really easy for us to be thankful for our, the weather, the neighbors, the family, the, the health, the food, the friends, your home your spouse, your job. But if I'm just thankful for those things, I'm kind of a surface thankful person. Because if those things aren't what I want them to be, then I'll have a tendency to not to be really thankful. So there's a temptation to be a circumstance-based thankful person. And that's something that's kind of an opportunity for us to really kind of look at this morning. Because I don't believe there's very many people that are just thankful naturally. I believe people learn to be thankful. I believe people walk through circumstances, find God in the midst of those circumstances, and their life is different because they've learned to be thankful. So as I think about Thanksgiving... A thankful living or a thankful life comes from a thankful heart. A thankful heart is one that has learned to be thankful. So I would just put some pictures on the screen. This is probably would be kind of the way to describe you when you did it, when the circumstances of your life weren't to your liking, this is probably your face. Or maybe like this. And now what's interesting is. There's a temptation for all of us sitting in this room, if we don't learn to be thankful, we end up like this. If there's not something going on in, the, in my heart, in my relationship with God, then I will be one of those individuals that I'll have a tendency to be circumstance-based thankful. God, if you just do this, and God, if you do this, and God, if you do this. And so if God wipes out all of those things, is Jesus enough for me? Or am I entering into that holiday kind of, you know, frame thinking, you know what, God, I'll be thankful really for Thanksgiving, and I'll fake it again for another year, but that's not really what's going on in my heart. So this morning, I want to give you a couple things as I think about the word thankful that leads to a thankful person who lives differently. Not just, oh, I'm circumstanced, oh yeah, it's happy Thanksgiving, but somebody that, that, that lives differently. So the first thing that I want you to think about with me is I think about somebody that lives a life that is thankful, that individual trusts God. That individual somewhere in their lives has come to the realization, okay, God, 
these circumstances, you're in control of the circumstances, I'm still going to trust you. And as I think about that, I think about Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. And so you can go through a lot of different passages of Scripture. And so I'm going to move kind of fast because I really want to go through the whole word thankful. And so I don't want you to be scared uh, that we'll be here till 2 o'clock. But I'm going to move through these things. Looking at, so think about Joshua's circumstances. Moses has passed away. He's now the new leader. Okay, God, are you going to take care of me? God, you've called me to be a leader. So what are the words that God is going to give to Joshua? And you probably know these. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you will cause these people to inherit the land. And verse 7, Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all according to the law. But this is what I love, is verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Have you come to the realization of that for your own personal life? Have I come to the realization, God, you are with me no matter where I go. So as Joshua enters into this new role of leadership, the temptation is, okay, if my circumstances are okay, I'll be a good leader. Everything will be okay if we inherit the land. Joshua was going to learn to depend on the God that was always with him in every situation. And so this morning, as you enter into your world, your life, are you willing to trust God? Something else that's really interesting is you think about somebody that's thankful. Their heart, that person's heart, is comforted by God. So if I want to be somebody that is thankful, if I want to encourage you to be thankful, your heart will need to be comforted by God. You're going to go through all kinds of circumstances. But will you bring your your heart, your life, your situation to God? So take your Bible and go with me to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And I wanted to kind of put Scripture with these. Um, because it's, it will be good for you to go back, and this is, a, this is a process. You know, your Christian spiritual maturity is a process. Uh, I know when I was a dad, I loved to, to, to try to parent at the circumstance instead of the process. I told you once, didn't you hear me? This is the way it's going to be. It didn't work that way for me. My dad had to tell me, I don't know how many different times, how to do this, this, and this. But we have a tendency to say, here's the event, boom, do it the right way. Your spiritual growth is a process. And so as you work your way through processes, as you go through circumstances, I want to encourage you to go back to the Scriptures and take your Scripture, take your circumstance to the Scriptures. Here's an interesting thing, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. How has God been your fortress so far this year? What is the situation that he's provided? What is the circumstances that he's provided in your life that would take you and make you run to your father saying, God, I need you. You know, as a boy, if I got hurt, I was sent to my mom. If I needed comfort or strength or somebody to lean on, I would run to my father. And when you're a boy, you don't know the limitations of your father's strength. You think dad can fix everything. My dad was just, you know, five foot eight, five foot nine. 
But in my eyes, my dad could whip anybody. Just ask me, I'll tell you. And so when I would need protection, I would run to him. And there was something about being hugged by my dad. I knew I was safe. I knew I had protection. When was the last time you've allowed God to hug you? When was the last time you ran to your father and said, I need your protection? Think about a shelter or a refuge, a place of healing. All of us need certain phases of healing to take place in our own personal lives. And there's a temptation for all of us to say, well, if I just hear, if I just hear, it's, it's temptation is the horizontal. The horizontal will never heal you. So when is this year of 2018, where have been the times where you said, God, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. I need you. The A, you have an opportunity today to accept it or reject it. So as I think about a thankful person, that person is going to have to be willing to accept God's plan. I I realize that I'm not in charge and I'm not God, and so it's kind of weird for me to say, God, I accept your plan, but there's a part of me that has to come to a realization that, God, I'm just going to humble you. I'm going to humble myself to you and say, okay, I accept this. I'm just going to follow you. And it's really interesting because there's a lot of vivid pictures of this through the Scriptures, but we don't think about them. Think about, you know, think about what it must have been like for Noah to build an ark. You know, 120 years, he's living in a society that's wicked. He's being laughed at for 120 years. So what, he literally accepted, God, if this is what you want from me, no matter how dumb, how crazy it is in our society. I'll build the ark. And they can laugh at me for 120 years. God, I accept your plan. Think about Abraham and Isaac. God said to Abraham, take your son, your one and only son. Think about the boy. Dad, by the way, why are we carrying the wood? Dad, why are we carrying the fire? Dad, where's the sacrifice? Well, boy, it's you. Abraham believe in, you know, reincarnation? I mean, what is Abraham thinking about when he's walking up the mountain? How often was he looking around in so many different... God, where is it? Where is the sacrifice? God did not show Abraham the sacrifice until when? He lifted his, his knife. And then in the thicket was the lamb. Okay, God, I'm going to accept your plan. I was thinking about David. You know, all of his brothers are warriors. God, you want, you want me to be a shepherd? I mean, really? I don't, I don't want to. And I don't know anything about sheep other than they're dumb and they stink. That's about all I know about sheep. All right? So here you are, the young, you're the younger guy. You're David. All your big brothers are out there fighting Goliath. They're off in battle. Dad sends you out to, you know, to, to visit your brothers. And I don't know if you've ever, you know, think about this. I know we've talked a little bit about it before, but just think about this. Who saw Goliath for who he was? The shepherd boy. Not the soldiers. 
So as you sit in Sunday school class, really you're seeing David said, okay, Father, if this is what you want, I'll, if my dad sends me here, I'll go there. If dad wants me to be a shepherd, I'll go there. God, if you want me to go kill Goliath, I'll trust you. You're just a Philistine. Where did David learn the strength of his God when he was a shepherd? He killed the lion and the bear. Where does this little shepherd boy get the courage to walk out and say, okay, let's go, Goliath, me and you. I don't care how big you are. You're going down. My God's going to take care of you. All I got is five stones and a sling. Now, how accurate is a sling going around your head? I mean, I'm not even very accurate with one of those new slingshots that go like this. Can you imagine just say, and then the likelihood you're going to hit Goliath here. And this is what I love about the Bible. I love action. So Goliath goes down. David gets the sword. There goes Goliath. Hey, God, I'll accept your plan. And so what's interesting is, so we like to think about Old Testament. We like to think about accepting God's plan. But I want you to take your Bible, and I want to show you something. Go to Matthew chapter 4 with me. Matthew chapter 4, looking at verse 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 20. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting their nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will, what does your Bible say next? Yeah, you can read that loud. Go ahead. Make you what? Fishers of men. Circle the word make. Think about what he just said to those guys. I'm going to take you from what you know. What do those guys know? They know how to fish. And what is he going to do? Allow them to have their thought process, opinions, and preferences? No. He says, I will make you fishers of men. And I probably, in a lot of the years you've been around in the church, there's probably not been too much conversation about Jesus making you anything other than happy, wealthy, and wise. That is not what you signed up for. Yes, you have salvation by faith through grace. And I will spend eternity in heaven with my father, but my father's in the process of making me to be the man that he wants me to be. So when I see his son face to face, I'm not saying, well, I did whatever I wanted to do. And that is the same thing that is true for you. He's in the process of making you a disciple, a follower. And as you sit here this morning, yes, I love Jesus, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But I don't just love Jesus, I want to follow Jesus. I want to say to the one that is willing to come after me. He, I mean, you, when we sing that song, think about it. He died for you. There wasn't anything that was going to stop him from him dying so that you could know his father. That was his plan. That was the purpose. He didn't thwart the plan. He didn't say, oh, let's just do whatever's easy for me. No, I'm willing to become obedient even to death on a cross so you could have a Savior. That Savior is calling you to abide in him, to follow him, to trust him. Thankful. 
the end, not focusing on yourself. Philippians chapter 2. Jesus became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Philippians chapter 3, forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards what is in front of me. Matthew chapter 18, will you humble yourself? Will you exalt yourself or will you say, okay, you know, as as we talked about last week, Matthew chapter 18, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? The disciples asked that question. Jesus said, hey, here's a child. Talked about forgiveness last weekend. And I realize that there's a temptation for every single one of us. I won't spend a lot of time on this because I think I talk a lot about this, but I would just want to encourage you not to focus on yourself. Jesus did not do that. He did not demonstrate that. He demonstrated service to us. And if I'm going to be an individual that is truly thankful, then I need to get over myself and look at the needs of those who are around me. Another thing as you think about thankful is the K. They're keen to look toward the, towards the heavens for help. Take your Bible and go with me to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. The psalmist writes in Psalm 121, verse 1, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. And it's interesting, and I know, uh, you know, we're sitting here this morning, and, and very, very few people sitting in this room even ask for horizontal help. Honey, would you help me? Coworker, would you help me? But somebody that is truly thankful is an individual that's keen to say, okay, my help comes from you and you alone, God. The one who made the mountains, that's where help comes from. Another one, if you want to just think about where the help comes from, is Psalm 123. To you I lift up my eyes. O you are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, the, he- the eyes of the servant look to the hand of their master. As the eyes of the maidservant look to the hand of their mistress, so the eyes of you look to the Lord your God till he has mercy on us. Are we saying, God, I need you? Help me. And this can be a little bit convicting, but I, I think it's something that you really need to ask yourself this question. When was the last time you said, Jesus, help me? And you think about 2018. We're all the way into November. How many times in 2018 did this come out of your mouth? I need your help, Jesus. There's no way you're going to be a thankful person unless you learn to ask for help. I want to encourage you to trust your God that is faithful. And the passage of Scripture I love about this one is if you're in Psalm, go to Psalm 90. So Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2. Lord, you have been my you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or even have been formed on the earth and, and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Do you have any comprehension of eternity past? Do you have any comprehension of everlasting in the past? My mind does not do well. How long has God been? 
Do you realize this morning that there's never been a time that God was not here? How do I, I can't even, I can't even grasp that. And so as we've talked about beforehand, our God is a God that will always be faithful. He's been faithful in eternity past. He will always be faithful in the future. Always. Let me go, I have this out of order, so I want to show you this one. The you, so you have, uh, I'm not weird, I'm unique. Take your Bible and go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Look at verse uh, 13. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you formed my inner inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows them very well. You know what's interesting? I'm pretty sure that no, nobody this morning when they got up and got ready and walked past the mirror said, you know what, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Check it out. You know what's interesting? I love to go watch young people play sports. I really go watch because I want to see parents' reactions. How would it affect the home of a 10-year-old boy The dad came to the realization that dad is fearfully and wonderfully made? How would that affect the 10-year-old young man that's playing sports? It would be radically different. If dad would come to the realization, you know what? God, you made me. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You know what's really sad is? Is when you go to the sports fields and you watch this 10-year-old shoulder all the value of his dad as he plays this game, whatever it might be, soccer, baseball, basketball. Just watch him. When he makes a mistake, do you know where he always looks? He looks right to his dad. You know what would be so cool? Dad just be sitting over there just smiling. Yep, that's my boy. He made a mistake just like his dad. He failed that time, but guess what? I'm going to encourage that boy to get back up because you know why? That boy is fearfully and wonderfully made because dad knows that in his soul. How many homes in Highlands County would be radically different if dad just grasped that and said, hey, I'm somebody. God, you made me. Think about it. Think about how your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren's lives would be different if we would do something more than just no Bible. That we would allow that Scripture to filter down inside of who I am. That, That I have no expectations of my value to be found in Rachel. That's just weird. Rachel Arnold. I don't know if that's weird to say. And Seth Patterson, that they can just be who they are. And I, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, that's my boy. I'm, he did this, so I'm valuable. No. I've come to the realization that the Word of God is true. And whatever that boy does, I'll always be his dad. And if he fails, I'll be the guy that goes by and says, hey, let's go. Come on, you're just like your old man. Get up and go again. Do it again. Learn, grow, be mature. Go to God and ask Him for help. Go in a different direction. I'll support you. 
How many of us would be different today if that would have been our dad? So start now. Know that you are unique. Know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and take that as biblical truth. You are who you are. He designed you. He didn't want you to be any different than who you are right now. There was never a time that he thought, you know what, I boy, I really messed that guy up. I'd really like to have a do-over. He doesn't know. That's not how it works. And it really all plays out with the last letter, life. Your life is a story. And if you have some time, spend some time in 2 Timothy chapter 2, thinking about what does it mean to compete for the prize? What does it mean for me to run for the one that gave everything for me? What does that look like? How, how much energy and effort do I want to put into that? I know it's easier to go out and play a game of basketball or play a game of softball or play a game of soccer. I know some of those things are easier, but if we would take that same energy and effort and harness it and say, okay, you're my father. What do you want from me today? Well, this might hurt you today, but I want you to go down this road. Okay, Dad. My life is your life. My story is your story. What do you want to write to me? What do you want me to be? What do you have for me to learn today? What do you want me to grow? What area? And what's really interesting is Thursday morning we have a, some guys that do a Bible study, and so we were going through the book of Luke. So take your Bible and go to Luke chapter 17, and I'll end with, with this passage of Scripture. Luke 17. So if, if, if I want to encourage you, I know I've given you a lot of information, and, and so... As I think about a thankful person, that individual is somebody that's going to trust God. That's an individual that their heart has been comforted by God. They've accepted God's plan. They're not focusing on themselves. They're keen to look towards they sorry, they're keen to look towards the heavens for help. They come to the realization that their God is faithful, that they are unique. And your life matters. And look what happens here. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing by between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten leopards who stood at a distance and lifted their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them when he saw that he was healed and turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was one, no one found to return their give praise except for this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I'm not sure how many people are here today. But how many of us will go back to him and say, thank you for what you've done in my life. As you've been going, I don't know how many steps down the road, 
these guys recognized, well, at least one recognized, wow, I am healed. Was it a mile down the road? Was it 20 steps? I don't know. But as he was going, he saw something. His body was healed. And that one went back. I don't know when it was for you. Were you 10, 12, 50, 60, 70, whatever the age might be, maybe even younger, whatever it was when you were over here and said, you know what? I need a Savior. What cleansing have you seen in your life over the years? How often have you went back to your father and said, as I've been going along, you changed this. I just need to pause and say, thank you, Father. Get a little bit farther down the road. That was a rough one, but thanks. It's really easy not to be a thankful person. But I want to encourage you today to spend some time as you enter into this Thanksgiving week Get down on your knees and say thank you to your Father for cleansing you. Not just forgiveness of your sin. The anger, the bitterness, the forgiveness, all those things that He's done in your life to make you who you are today. And maybe you need to give Him a couple more areas. Say, hey, I'd like to open up this, this, and this. Father, thank you for the opportunity to open the Scriptures today. So, Father, it's your Word that's been talked about. So Holy Spirit, I pray that in your strength that we would open our hearts to you and that you would speak really loud to us. So loudly, Father, that we would get on our face before you and say, okay, thank you. Thank you for as I've been going, you've been working, you've been changing, you've been shaping my heart. You've been encouraging me. You've been confronting me. May we not be those spoiled spoiled kids that never come back and say thank you. May we be sons and daughters in the power of the Holy Spirit that would humble ourselves before you and say thank you for what you're doing. So Father, send us out into a community that is broken. Send us out to a community that needs to see Jesus, but may they see Jesus through us. That we would just be different. Our lives would be different. So Holy Spirit would depend on you to radically change us. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to sit together today around the Word of God. Thank you for giving your life. Thank you for running after us. Thank you for for coming for us, dying for me, for us. My life will never be the same because of you. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.